Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I was saying this earlier, and I just feel that in my heart. Look, we should be the most joyous people on the face of the earth. We should have fun. It should be within your heart, and it comes from a knowing. Let me help you. It comes from a knowing. But how many know you're going to heaven today? Come on, lift your hand. You know you're going to heaven today. What joy it is that you're going to heaven. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is in you today? You should. I've been teaching it. What joy you should be having right now. There should be nothing in life for a believer, for a Christian. Now, for an unbeliever, I get it. Man, they're, they're going to be tossed to and fro, roller coaster. Life's going to be up and down. But for the believer, for the Christian, life should not be like that. Can I get an Amen. I'm learned how to be a base and abound in every season of my life because his grace is sufficient. Amen? There's great joy in all seasons of our life, in the mountain, in the valley. Some say the wilderness. Let me help you. Learn how to trust in God no matter what season you're in right now. But also walk it out in faith. Faith has works. Faith has action. Faith is not just believing. Faith is not just a mental assent. Faith is not just saying, I believe, I believe, I believe. I still don't believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. And you repeat it every single morning, every single night, and it just becomes this repetitious speech. You know, faith is a knowing that you have believed and received what God has done in your life today. How do I know I'm healed? I believed it. I've received it. Therefore, I'm healed. My body says otherwise. How do I know I'm set free and I'm going to heaven and I'm a born again, blood bought, purchased by the blood of the lamb believer today? I believed and I have received, therefore I am saved. Think about it. When Jesus blew into their face, it says that Jesus literally breathed into his disciples before he ascended. He breathed into them. And he said, receive you the Holy Ghost. And you read in Luke chapter 24, turn your Bible there for a moment. And it says in verse 52 that they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem. Because remember, he said, go to Jerusalem. They returned with great joy. I don't know about you, but knowing that the Holy Spirit is in you, it should cause worship and great joy. Joy. Great joy. Oh, but you don't understand. I'm having a fight right now. Let me help you. I do understand. But the Bible says to contend for the faith, to fight for the faith. You got to fight. You got to fight. And what does fighting look like? Standing on the promises of God. Having joy, looking at the enemy and laughing, saying, ha, 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 devil, you're under my feet. No weapon formed against me can prosper, shall prosper, or will prosper. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. See, you have to speak to yourself or build your faith by declaring and speaking the word of God. The Bible says, hold fast, meaning hold tight, get a grip, hold on to it. To your confession or profession of faith, meaning what you are standing on, what you are believing for. But you cannot have faith according to the knowledge you have not yet received. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. 
And the Bible says that now faith is the assurance of the things that I'm hoping for. Faith is the assurance. Faith, what is that? That's expectation. That's believing and trusting and receiving what God has given me. Where is your faith at today? And see, we get an opportunity to laugh, to live, to love, to run with joy because of the Holy Spirit inward work in us. Do you know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit? It's a fruit of the Spirit. So when I walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, guess what? I walk in joy. How do you know a Christian's walking in the flesh? They don't got joy. You say, is it really that simple? Yeah. When I walk in the Spirit, joy comes. When I walk in my flesh, I'm going to act like everybody else in the world. I'm going to be controlled by my feelings. I'm going to be controlled by the environment I'm in. I'm going to be controlled by the lack that I don't have. I'm going to be controlled by how my kids are acting. I'm going to be controlled by life. But when I'm living in the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, abiding in Him and Him abiding in me, drawing him to Him and Him drawing close to me, setting my mind on things above, ooh, when I'm walking in that place, joy. Joy. Joy is not the absence of conflict. Joy is not the absence of conflict. <clears throat> joy is choosing to live in joy in the middle of my struggle, in the middle of my hardship. And see, I know everyone knows this, but we don't live this way. We struggle to get into that place of joy. We struggle to produce that fruit of joy. But it's done through walking through and by the power of the Holy Ghost. See, in Acts chapter 1 and 2, which we're about to get into, because today is Pentecost. And the title of my sermon is The Power of Pentecost. Jesus first did something, though, before Pentecost happened. He breathed his spirit into them, meaning they got born again. Go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And go to verse 22. And it says, and when he had said this, or actually go to verse 21, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and they said to them, and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive. What does this mean? His disciples got saved right then and there. This is the inward work of the Holy Spirit, which we call the new birth. This is their spirit that was once dead, now alive. Because they were Jews, and they lived according to the law, which was repentance, right? John the Baptist, repent and be baptized. But now, there is a baptism of salvation through the blood of Jesus. And Jesus says, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive of me. Get born again. Get saved. And they received of him. Notice he says, receive. How do you receive something? Receive. Say, I expect it. My son, he knows when his birthday's coming up. He'll tell me a year in advance. <laughs> he knows when Christmas is coming up. He tells me. He's already talking to me about his Christmas list. It's a long way from now. It's about seven months. He has expectations. 
He's ready to receive. Where are you at today? You say, I don't have much expectation. Let me help you. Get some. You're a child of the living most high God. That should mean something. You've been marked. You've been sealed with a promise by the Holy Spirit. You're a child of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, in Ephesians chapter 1, around verse 19, and what is the measurable greatness of his power towards us, say me, who believes, who believes today? Come on. According to the working of his great might. Who's working in you? Him. Not according to what you can do, according to who he is and what he can do through you by the power of the Holy Ghost. It says that he worked in Christ. Guess what? The same power that is in you today is the same power that was in Christ Jesus. It's the same power that even raised him from the dead. So you got resurrection power in you, but you would have heard an Easter. Now go to Acts chapter 1. No, I'm taking you some places, but it's all right. Acts chapter 1. In verse 5, it says, For John baptized with water. This was the baptism of repentance. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We call this the baptism of fire. We know that there are three baptisms. The baptism of salvation, which is what happens whenever you get born again. There is a baptism of water. And that word baptism means baptismo, and it means to be fully immersed. You're fully immersed, meaning your life is fully changed. You're fully transformed. When you go into that water today, guess what? You're going to go fully into the water, fully immersing your whole body, and you're coming out born again saved. But is it the water that, bat- or that got you saved? No. It was your heart change that got you born again. Water baptism does not save you. Water baptism is just an ed- outward expression of the inward change within your heart. You are declaring to the world, to your family, to your friends, that I'm a born again believer, I'm Christian, and today I'm following after God. That's what water baptism is. This is why we don't water baptize babies. This is why we don't do children until they know when they have made that decision and they have a knowing that I'm a Christian. Because water baptism don't save you. Amen? And then there's a third baptism. This is the baptism of fire. And this is when the Holy Spirit not only just comes in you, but he comes upon you. He comes upon you. Now look at this. He said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Hold on. This is Acts 1.5. This is Jesus is already raised from the dead. Now he's in his 40 days of being on the earth before he ascends. Jesus already, like I read in John 20, breathed into them the Holy Ghost. So maybe this is a different work of the Holy Spirit that he's talking about. He breathed them into them, said receive the Holy Spirit. Now he's saying to the same people. Now, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Can you see what I'm saying? It's two different works. There's an inward work. This is what we call new birth. And there's an outward work. And this is what we call the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, what happens when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost? We'll go to verse 8 in Acts chapter 1. It says, but you will receive power. Say power. Power. What does that word power mean? Well, the word power means dunamis. Say dunamis. 
And it means miraculous power, might, strength, ability, energy. For the believer, it literally means God's power in your life or power through God's ability. Meaning, you have God's ability upon your life to do what he's purposed you to do. How do you think Jesus worked miracles, signs, and wonders? How do you think Jesus casted out demons? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. We know that when he was baptized in water with John, he came out of that water. And what happened? The Holy Spirit ascended like a dove. Right? And we know that now the Holy Spirit is with him for the three and a half years that he's in ministry. And what do we see? Well, you heard Rich say to go. There were crowds following him because of what? The work that he did. Even Paul said, I didn't come to you in word, but I came in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. See, the church is supposed to be in demonstration or have demonstration and have the power of the Holy Ghost in what we do. <clears throat> There's greater work for you today. There is further gifts to receive today. Not just the gift of salvation. Praise God, you're saved and you're going to heaven. But you right now can experience the power of God right now on your life and in your life and what God has purposed you to do for his kingdom. Because you are not just here to make some money, get a house, and make a family. No, you are here to build the kingdom of God. You are part of a body. You are an individual that makes up the body of Christ, and we are the part of a universal church, but locally we are part of a church right here on the Mornington Peninsula. And this church makes up, or you make up the church individually because of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The Bible says that we, when we come together, we are living stones. We are living bodies making up the house of God, making up this temple where God dwells. Let me help you. God dwells within us individually, but also the Spirit of God will come upon us corporately. What happens when people get an unction, a hunger, a fire, a desire for God? Let me tell you what happens. The Holy Spirit will fall on them. And the problem is, many of you haven't experienced it. You never experienced the power of God. You never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you speak in tongues, but have you experienced, because it doesn't just stop with tongues. That's just a sign. That's the evidence you've been filled. Oh, it's more than just speaking in tongues. There are actual nine gifts of the Spirit that will manifest. There is actual power to heal, power to save, power to cast demons out, power to deliver people and set them free that will work through you because of the Holy Ghost in you. It doesn't just stop with tongues. Tongues is inevitable. That's going to happen. Once you get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, tongues is going to happen. Amen? Don't get tripped, on, tripped up on that. But see, when you experience the power of God, and it begins to be made manifest within your life, within your church, it shakes the region. Now, he said, you will receive power, this dunamis power, God's ability when he comes upon you, this word, upon, literally means to be clothed. You be clothed. You will be clothed with this power. Think about it. Think about the clothes you're wearing. Your clothes are showing me who you are right now. They show me your identity. It's showing me the kind of person you are, what you like to dress in. It's showing me your personality, your character. The same way when you put on or you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he comes upon you, it's showing your identity. It's showing who you are. This is why you ever been around someone that you know that the Spirit of God's in them? You know that they're a mighty man and woman of God? 
Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You get around some people like, oh, my gosh, like, they, they, just, they know God. I've come around, around a few people like that, Pastor Brian being one of them, where you just get around and he's like, you know they've been with God. You know they've been in the presence of God. You know that the power of God is on their life. There's an anointing for every single one of us, every single one of you, not just for pastors, not, for, not just for ministers. Now, there are special anointings and special giftings that God gives, and not everybody has. And you'll learn that as you continue to come to this church, and we'll teach you. But there is an anointing that is received by the Holy Ghost coming upon you, clothing you. It changes you. It changes you. You begin to do your life. Sorry, you begin to live your life in demonstration. You begin to live your life in power. I'm not moved by the same things everybody else is moved by anymore. I'm not defeated by everything else like, or by things that people are defeated by anymore. I'm not being oppressed by the same things that people are oppressed by anymore. How about you today? I don't got no devil in me. I only got the spirit and no other spirit. I'm not possessed and I'm not oppressed. Because I'm not yielding my life to the spirit of this world, but to the spirit of God in me. And let me help you. If you're feeling oppressed today, if you're feeling bound today, and you're feeling the weight of the world today, really it's the weight of Satan and any demonic spirit that's trying to attach to you. It's because of what you are feeding into and what you are allowing into your life. If you're addicted to pornography, stop looking at it. If you're addicted to sexual immorality, get free. Do the power of the Holy Ghost. It can happen. If you're addicted to any type of perversion, pride, all forms of sin, let me help you. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, you can be free today. Because it doesn't just happen once. And for some of you, you've been filled with the power of God, but you haven't experienced the power of God for so long. It can happen multiple times consistently in your life where you get filled over and over again. Because let me help you. His mercies are new every morning. Maybe you've used up all that mercy today. Get some new mercy this morning. Get that oil of gladness. Put on that garment of praise. But to be clothed with power. And it says you will become a witness. And what does that mean? Well, witness doesn't actually just mean preaching and proclaiming, which it does. But that's not all it means. It means a witness of your life, of the testimony of God dwelling in you. Meaning this, people will see God in you. They will see the work of God in you. They will see the power of God in you. They will see that even in an economic crisis, you are still prospering. They will see that even when everybody's getting COVID and getting sick, you're not. Why do I have to receive anything of the world? I don't. I'm a child of God. And see, we have reasoned ourselves like, oh, it's going all around, so I'm probably going to get it. And if you got it, let me help you today. That doesn't mean that you weren't in faith and you lack faith. No. Because even if you got it, guess what? Just step up in faith say, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen? But let me help you. We never go down to a, a lower level of faith and say, well, everyone's getting it. It's bound to happen. You know, they went through that. My neighbor went through that. My mom had it. My dad had it. It was hereditary. They got a disease. You know, they were raised this way. You know, they had something that down past generation and past generation. Let me help you. The power of the Holy Ghost will break generational curses off your life. If they were broke, you don't have to be broke today. If they had migraines, if they had cancer, if they had some deficiencies in their body, whatever it is, you don't have to have it today. There's power through the Holy Ghost. 
See, there was a line of alcoholics in my family. But my dad made a change. He said, no, I'm giving my life to Christ. And he's not an alcoholic, and let me help you. I'm not an alcoholic either. I don't even drink. And my son's not going to be a drinker because it died in my father. What can die right now within your family when you put a stop to it in your own life? He's saying, well, man, my kids are starting to look a lot like me. That's your own fault. How are you training them? How are you teaching them? How are you setting them up for the world? We have to be more intentional with what we do in our life. We can't be so casual. Casual living is going to lead you to defeat. Casual living will lead you to defeat. You want to know what a defeated life looks like? A casual life. Someone that's casual with their walk. Someone that's casual with going to church. Someone that's casual in their relationships. I mean, think about it. You casual in your relationships with your wife or your husband? Good luck. It's going to lead to cheating. It's going to lead to adultery. It's going to lead to pornography. It's going to lead to you ultimately cutting yourself away and being lonely. And finally, it leads to divorce. Oh, I wonder how it started. Casual. We can't be casual with our walk with Christ. How do you expect to overcome if you are living casually? I don't know any soldier that casually trained for battle. I'm just casually training. You know, I'm a decent shot. You know, I get one out of five. We're soldiers for the army of the Lord. You say, I don't see myself like that. Well, you are. It don't matter what you see yourself as, you are, though. Now, until you start to see yourself that way, you'll continue to live a defeated life. You'll continue to not experience the power of the very Spirit of God upon you. Now, for those today, maybe you've never experienced the power of Pentecost, meaning you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In a second, I'm going to pray over you and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I said that in faith. And you're just going to receive. I'm going to say receive, and you're just going to receive it. But look. In Luke 24, verse 49, it says, and this is Jesus saying, Behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye or wait you in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. This is the promise. The Holy Spirit, Jesus is telling his disciples, go to Jerusalem, wait. Now we know if you look at the word, it was only 10 days after Jesus left the earth. They didn't know that, though. He said, not many days from now. They didn't know how long it was going to be for them waiting for the Holy Ghost to come. They've been promised this. Jesus has spoken it to them. He's given them his word. Faith comes by hearing. Why do I say that? He told 500 of them, and only 120 went to the upper room. 380, where did they go? How so often does that happen in the house of God? Where Christians are told, are encouraged, are built up, and are said something to them. But it goes with in ear and out the other. And for the next 10 years, they live the same defeated Christian life. Let me help you. Let it go in here, straight down, right here, and stay there, and let it grow and develop. The Bible says as you receive the seed of the word of God and good ground, it will produce 30, 60, and 100-fold. Mark chapter 4 says that. Where is your heart today? My job 
and my, we'll say it this way, my desire and goal as a pastor and as a preacher is to not preach at you, but is to preach in you. I'm not mad at you. I see the potential in every single one of you and what God can do through his body and through his church. Because really the potential I see in you is for us to build his kingdom. You are an able body, meaning you are an able minister. You are an able preacher. There are gifts, graces, talents, and all those things upon your life that God wants to use for his glory, his fame, his kingdom. Amen? How many know that? We've got to start expecting and receiving and then walking in it. He says, you're going to be endued with power from on high. So look, a lot of promise here. He's promising. Holy Ghost coming. You're going to be baptized of fire. You're going to endure power from on high. You're going to get power. You have power to be a witness. Now, did this happen? Well, go to Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2. And it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived. Fifty days. Penta means five. To the tenth power means fifty. They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So look, the Holy Spirit comes in like a mighty rushing wind. I've heard it said this way, that we are like sail ships, and we need to open up our sails and let the mighty wind of the Holy Ghost begin to take hold of our sail and push us forward. Come on. You need to open up your sails. Maybe they're all rolled up. Untie the ropes. Bring them all down. Fasten them and say, Holy Spirit, let's go. I'm ready to receive the mighty rushing wind of God right now. Come on. Do you have expectation this morning? And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And it divide, and divided tongues as a fire. So here we go. Got 120 people in there. Not just the 12 disciples. Sorry, 11. One took his life. Now, they did pick another one, if you read in Acts chapter 1 towards the end. All of them had a flame on their head. Fire. Didn't burn them. Didn't singe their hair. Just resting on them. This is the Holy Spirit on them, resting on them, coming upon them. Some people ask, well, how does the Holy Spirit come? Well, he comes many different ways. We see right now he comes as fire. We see that also in, in Acts that he falls down. He comes upon them. Don't worry so much about the experience, but more so about the person. I'll say it again. Don't worry so much about the experience and how it will happen. Worry about the person. Be focused on him. Because I've seen many experiences. I've seen many manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I've seen people laugh. I've seen people shout. I've seen people jump. I've seen people run. I've seen people spin. I've seen people fall down. I've seen all types of manifestations. And let me help you. Manifestations don't mean nothing. It's just the Holy Ghost working. So if he makes you laugh and you get some joy in you and you can't contain it, just let it out. If you feel the Holy Ghost come upon you, you feel like running, run. You can do that. Trust me, I know how that feels. I've seen the work of the Holy Ghost too many times to deny it. But let's not get in the flesh. Amen? And it says this. It rested on them, and they were all filled 
with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How do you know they were filled? Anybody want to yell it out? How do you know they were filled? They spoke with tongues. Is this the only time it happens in this reference? No. There's many other references, and you can write these down for later, and you can study them, or you can come to Wednesday nights, and I'm teaching more uh, upon these lines. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. And you can take some study time and read, and you'll see that the Holy Ghost comes upon men and women, not just Jews, but also Gentiles, meaning us. You're a Gentile. If you're not a Jew today, then you're a Gentile, meaning you're non-Jew. Amen? Thank God the gospel is for the Gentiles today as well. Amen? The Bible says Jew first and then Greek, or then Gentile. But there's many different places in the Bible where you see the Holy Ghost come upon people, fall on people. And the evidence is this, speaking in tongues. They spoke in tongues. Now, the Bible says this, the Holy Ghost, though, or the Holy Spirit, gave them the utterance. What is tongues? Tongues has nothing to do with this. Tongues isn't babbling. Tongues isn't just making a made-up language. No, Tongues comes from right here, out of your spirit. The Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly, right here, the inner man. Rivers, think about rivers, plural, of living water. Living means to boil up. Bloop, 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 bloop. You ever seen water in a kennel and it's boiling up? That's a pretty terrible example, but that's what it is. It boils you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and it boils with inside of you, and then it just comes, oh, Now, that's my own personal prayer language. That wasn't the gift of tongues. And why is that there for the believer? Well, there's multiple reasons why God has you to speak in tongues, to pray the perfect will of the Father when you don't know how to pray, to build yourself up on your most holy faith, like Jude says. There's a lot here. But for the sake of just getting to the focus point, there is power that comes upon you. And all it takes is faith to receive of the gift. To receive. Again, I said it doesn't stop with tongues. Notice what happens. Go down and go to right about 13. It says, now others were mocking them and said they're filled with new wine, meaning... They look drunk. They sound drunk. Have you ever seen someone that's drunk? Don't look at yourself. <laughs> Slurred speech. Some people that drink are funny. Some people that drink are sad. Some people drink that are mad. It completely takes over who you really are or just enhances who you really are inside, right? And you just sometimes you just look really stupid and dumb, if not every time, especially if you go far into it. And this is what they're saying. These guys look drunk. They sound drunk. They can see and hear. They couldn't explain it. Now look what Peter says. It says, Peter standing there with the eleven lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Listen, give ear to what I'm saying right now to you, okay, church? For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's the only third hour of the day. They're not drunk. It may look like it. They're not. Let me help you. 
with one thing. When the power of God comes upon you, it changes you. And it may look to people like you're foolish, but the things of God are foolish to an unbeliever. The things of God are foolish to an unbeliever. They don't understand. Why do you pray in tongues? Why do y'all lay hands on the sick? Why do y'all have faith that people will get healed? Why do y'all cast demons out? Because this is what we've been mandated to do as a church. This is what we do as being the church that stands for Christ, that stands for the gospel. Come on, for the sake of the gospel, I preached that a while back. What are we going to do for his kingdom? For the sake of the gospel? And this is where the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10 that he has given you power to tread upon scorpions and serpents. Not actually talking about a scorpion and serpent, but talking about demonic spirits and things and influences of the world. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, come on, that he's given you, or that you're in a battle that's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual, high pla- or spiritual wickedness in high places. And he says, put on the whole armor, stand, having done all to continue to stand. And then if you look in verse 18, it says, praying with all types of prayer and supplication. Right? Go to 18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. This is why I pray in tongues. Because it's part of my armor. Let me help you. Your mouth right here is part of your armor. Praying in the spirit. Prayer of the intercessor. Prayer of the believer. That's part of your armor today. Some people may look like you're crazy. It may look like you're drunk, meaning they don't understand it. They don't get it. You're, you're wild. I've heard Christian terms or people call Christians holy rollers, charismatic. Let me help you. We're on fire for the love of God. We're on fire because the Holy Spirit is upon us. I'd rather see a Christian that's full of fire than someone that has no fire at all. And I've never seen fire work on wet wood. Just don't be a wet wood. No. But I have seen fire work on dead wood. Guess what? You're dead to the things of this world. You're dead to the things of this earth. You're dead to the things in the system of this world. So walk in accordance with who's made you alive, with God. Walk with God. What would happen if his church, if his body would walk in the power that they have received? Think about how your language would talk. You wouldn't be cursing and cussing and perversion and all that. You wouldn't be coarse jesting. You'd be talking life, holy, pure, You're living a consecrated life. Holiness is still a thing for the church. You don't hear a lot about it anymore because you got a lot of people that are preaching from the pulpit that don't want to live holy either. I've seen it. You got one person that'll preach on the pulpit that in the back green room be cussing it up. It's the craziest thing. And say, oh, they're just human. No, I'm not human. I'm bought back from, I'm bought through the blood of Jesus. I'm a new species. I'm part of a new reality. I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer living according to this world. I'm new. I'm different. I'm an alien to this world. And through the grace of God, I'm able to do what he's called us, called me to do. Through the grace of God, you're able to do what he's called you to do. Thank God for his grace. And you can humbly come before the throne room of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. Amen? Don't give yourself an easy way out. I know as humans, we like to choose a path of least resistance. Let's not be like that as body Christ. Let's conflict or let's, let's come into a place where we say, you know what? I want to challenge myself. 
I know it's not easy to pray. You know, we've been doing this prayer at 6 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6 p.m., and not many people have been coming. Let me help you. I understand it's hard to come sometimes. We got family. We got life. We got things. When will you have time for God, though? You're going to have life for the rest of your life. I grew up in a home where my father worked 12 hours a day. My mom worked. But they were in the house of God every time the door was open. They said, well, your family's just special. No. It was a hunger and a desire to be in the house of God. Because they knew they were part of a body. And they knew that their gift, their talent, their treasure, everything a part of them was needed in the body. It was needed. So they changed their time. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.